Hello and welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendecker. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkle. I'm here. He is here remotely. We're doing this via Zoom this weekend, so the audio quality may not be necessarily as crystal clear as you're used to, but we're going to do our very, very best. Mike coming off a big road trip to multiple different Hall of Fames. He's just going to see everybody. He's going to see he's going to see football. He's going to go see the rock and roll. He's trying to figure out how to get to Massachusetts to go to the NBA Hall of Fame. He's trying to he's just yeah. trying bask where, himself in some glory here. Where where is Massachusetts? So yeah, I, I can so I can get I over know. there. It's it's okay. apparently somewhere in the New England area. Because okay. <laughs> that makes that sense means. actually. Yeah. Whatever that means. Um it's at the tail, tippy tail there mm-hmm. in the United States there. Um, we got a loaded show for you guys today. As always, we're obviously we're talking crown jewel. We're talking the start of the NBA season, we're doing a little pretender contender for your top 15 of your college football. Um, lots of good stuff coming your way next week, guys. We're talking a ton of lions next week. We're talking potential trade deadline stuff as well. That after that's going to be passed, we we're going to talk about it this week, Mike, but the stupid NFL people have decided, Oh, we're not going to make any trades for anybody. So we're going to screw us over. So I'm guessing tomorrow is going to be a lot of moving and shaking and a lot of rumors coming out of there. So next week we're going to uh-huh. talk about trade deadline. Uh, we're going to do a lions update as they go into their buy, hopefully six and two, um, you know, lots of good stuff coming your way guys next week, but let's jump in right this week, start of the NBA season. We kind of previewed it a little bit in terms of, you know, awards teams and that kind of stuff or a couple games in now, but I want to talk about your Detroit Pistons, uh, starting out the season two and one, uh, played a close game against Miami coming up just a little bit short. Um, on the road um, and then coming back with back-to-back wins, including a big 15, 18, 19, whatever point win over uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, talk to me, Mike, about what you've seen early on from this young Pistons team. Um, I know one thing and I, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily Mr. NBA like you are, but having Cade Cunningham back does make me happy because he mm-hmm. does make this world go round. He does, and I think uh, having him and absolute breakout star Jalen Duran is yeah. really gonna make this team go around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're the two big takeaways. I think. Yeah. Outside of them, there's not really a lot to go around. Um, <laughs> you have, I mean, you have some good players. Trey Ivy coming off the bench the last couple of games mm-hmm. is a decision. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> sort of Thompson that first game he had like four blocks in the first three minutes of the game against the Miami Heat. Yeah. Um, so he was playing really well. Um, not really offensive side, but he's really good on the defensive end, mm-hmm. which is something that they need help in. Mm-hmm. Um, but having Cade making the making the world go wrong and being able to run that pick and roll with Jalen Duran is yeah. just something to see. Let me tell you. <laughs> it is it's 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 actually fun to watch, which I can't normally say about the Pistons last couple years. Yeah, going through their starting lineup, right? You got Cade Cunningham starting at the at the one. You got Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran, uh, Sir Thompson, and Killian Hayes actually, quote unquote, starting for them. Yeah, uh, so Killian actually plays the technical one, and Cade plays the two right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. their lineup goes, but right. Um, but you know, and then you got Alex Burks and Jalen and Jaden Ivy kind of coming off the bench as your other two big minute eaters, Marvin Badgley, Joe Harris, Marcus Sasser to kind of round out the rest of it. Uh, notably, James Wiseman has not played a single minute so far in this season. Um, are you shocked by that at all, Mike? Just just based on the fact that you know, look, young guy, former second overall pick, he has athletic upside like no end, right? He's still a young player. Um, but just it just seems like it's just not it's just not really a I mean they didn't really it was kind of like a flyer anyway but mm-hmm. it seemed like they were more excited about them than most fans were and yet we're seeing now just a couple games into the whole um you know this new era here for Piston basketball and he's once again kind of sitting there left by the wayside yeah um he would be good like ten or twelve years ago yeah I think his style of play is just not the NBA style anymore. Yeah, and I think it's, too. yeah. And yeah. I know, I know I see that and everyone's going to go, Oh, Jalen Duran can't really shoot. And that's fair, but Jalen Duran's dominant inside. And well, Jalen Duran's also a freak of nature athletically. He's yes, jumping, exactly. He's jumping through the gym folks. Yeah. I mean, he's everything like 17, 15 through the first three games here, which is not yeah. a big sample size, but it's something very <laughs> impressive as a starting center to do. Um, especially uh, when you're like the second or third option. Good at the free throw line. Yes. Very five good. for five last night. 
yeah, also James Wiseman is not good at the free throw line. <laughs> so um, I just think he's kind of aged. His style of play has just been aging out of the NBA the last, you know, five, six years here. Yep. You're seeing yep. guys like Jokic and mm-hmm. the Brooke Lopez's of the world really being the dominant style of center. Yep. And um, Wiseman, there's not really, outside of some very interesting circumstances, mm-hmm. there's not really a lot of use for Wiseman. Right. So I, I'm not shocked that he's not making the rotation because outside of like needing to to guard the paint for specific players, yep. I I don't see a lot of use for him in, in right. the in the old greater scheme of things. Right. Talk to me a little bit more about Cade Cunningham, Mike. You know he's coming off that injury, right? You talked about him last week being potential, you know, most improved player, comeback player of the year type candidate. Um, and I think a lot of people are really looking for him to kind of come out. This uh, really is, you know. I guess we'll say it's his third year, but really it's like year 1.4 because, you know, yeah. he played such little and even in his rookie year, right. He, he didn't really get going, going, mm-hmm. um, talk to me about Cade. What have you seen from him so far? Are you excited? You know, and for me, just kind of get, I've been in and out, right. I watched a little bit of the Miami game. I watched a little bit of the Chicago game. Um, but you know, the overwhelming response we're seeing on Twitter is it's like, okay, Cade just brings a different level of of threat, of scoring ability, of playmaking ability, just a different dynamic to this team overall. Is that kind of what you're getting kind of early results uh, coming from the first three games of the year? Yeah, I mean, stuff we've seen from the first three games, I think, is the reason why he went number one overall. And a guy like Jalen Green went number two overall Mm -hmm. is he brings the all around talent to the team. Um, I actually would equate it a lot, kind of, in a sense, the, the Luca Trey Young for okay. which player you'd rather have. Right. Where I think like Luca and they're both him both him and Trey are both elite talents. Yeah. But I think Trey brings a lot more offensively, kinda of like what Jalen Green can do for you. Where I think Luca can give you different dimensions of like, okay, I can be good offensively. I can mm-hmm. be good defensively if I have to be and I can spread the ball around and give you a little bit of everything. Right. I think Cade so far in these first three games have really shown you all right if I need to take a back seat in the first half and only have 12 points in the first half, mm-hmm. but that means getting Sark Thompson going and getting Jalen Duran the pick and roll action going, mm-hmm. then I'll do that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the game, if it's like, okay, we need a bucket or who are we going to look for? Right. I can also be that guy to go make shots to help secure the win. And right. I think that's something um, being able to recognize what the team needs in each circumstance is something star players, I think, struggle with some of the right. top end struggle players. I think Jokic has got on that perfect balance of, and we saw in the playoff run last year where there were times where, you know, okay, no one can make shots. Jokic will make a shot for us. Right. And there right. were times where like, listen, he had nine points in the first half because he got Jamal Murray and he got CP3 or KCP right. going and all right. these other guys going. And I think if Kate can get to that level of knowing what position he needs to play for the team at what point, I think the sky's the limit for him. But through the first three games, I think he's shown that quality really well and i think he's uh showing why he's the number one overall pick three years ago mm-hmm. no I'm, I'm with you for sure La- last question i have for you on this piston team that's kind of just been interesting to me uh killian hayes in the starting lineup over a guy maybe like jay nivy um even an alec burks right who they're pretty fond of right he's been playing a lot of big minutes for them surprising that Killian is starting is it is it more just because he's more of that traditional point guard and and Jaden's mm-hmm. still kind of more a, a a weird combo guard type situation where I I'm just I'm kind of interested to see how that kind of dynamic changes because offensively he's not really giving you much right mm-hmm. um but he's he's a better defensive player I guess um it's kind of make or break in a lot of ways for him this year kind of going in um. It's clearly Monty Williams sees something right that mm-hmm. he likes in his game, whether that's just being able to run the offense or, or what have you. But um, what do you make of uh, of Killian, you know, starting the year a- as a starter, quote unquote? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate him starting at point guard. Yeah, um, I think at least the early parts of the season, it's not a bad thing to really get the offense groove going and everything like that. Yeah, um, because he's good at getting those connections with players and making the right passes and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think something that we talked about when the potential of, you know, Russell Westbrook was around mm-hmm. was 
um, him being the second unit guy to give me that energy and that go to the second unit. Mm-hmm. I really think that's what they're trying to do with Jaden Ivy here. Um, okay. Bringing that speed and athleticism right off the bench, like he's a number five overall pick for a reason. And he yeah. comes off the bench and he's just sprinting up and down the court and yeah. all the starters are kind of gassed at the end of the first quarter. And you can see he's getting those effort buckets mm-hmm. in those time frames. I think eventually he will become a starter. I've, I mean, eventually it's going to be Hayden and Ivy being your one and two guard at one point. Yeah. But I think it's early on in the season. Killing's helping everyone get ingratiated and kind of getting together. And yeah. Hayden Ivy's coming off the bench, giving you that next level energy that you need. Yeah. Um, so for sure. And I, but I, I don't love Killing Hayes in the starting lineup, though. Yeah, but. I don't either. Looking at the stat line, right? I mean, he's not shooting well at all, right? Um, he's not, you know, the. It'd be one thing if it was like, look, you're getting, you're giving me six points, but you're giving me 13 assists. That's not happening mm-hmm. either, right? So you're, you're kind of wondering. And the only thing I can really come up with is, okay, you're, you're solid, you must be solid defensively, or you have a really firm grasp on the offense where maybe you're trying to limit Cade's minutes a little bit, at least early on, right? Coming out of an injury, you're not trying to put him on a 40 minute load every single night. Um, you're letting Jaden kind of grow in that second unit, especially with a veteran guy like Alec Burks, who they seem to like quite a bit. Mm. Um, and you're kind of letting them flow, right? The the thing too, is that you have a lot of youth still on this team, right? You've got Cade, you've got Jalen Duran, you've got Ivy, you, like those three guys alone, those guys are, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old. That's a, it's a pretty young core, right? Mm-hmm. And even a guy like Isaiah Stewart, who just resigned, right? He's what, 24, 25, something like that. That's another thing too, Mike. What do you think of, of Isaiah Stewart's three-point shooting so far? Because I have been notoriously like stop shooting the three, but so far through in a very, very, very small sample size, it's actually been not a terrible shooting mm-hmm. percentage from three from him. No, and I think I know – me and you aren't necessarily big fans of Isaiah Stewart in general. Yeah. But I we I've always looked at him as if he could just become the Draymond Green yeah. of the team. Yeah. That's very valuable. Absolutely. Having the guy who's willing to just get in there, do the grummy work of guarding, you know, the best big out there because no one else really wants to have to, you know, go down with the Onyx or go down with Embiid mm-hmm. and stuff, yep. throwing him down there. And if he can come out and just make the occasional three, it doesn't yep. have to be I mean, his percentage right now he's shooting like 30 something percent, I think, or low right, or yeah. high 20s or something. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's going to stay necessarily. But the thing with Draymond Green that was always annoying was okay, we locked up Steph, we locked up Clay, we're good. Oh, now Draymond's hitting him. Yeah, like Draymond that was always what the hell, right? Like, yeah. There's no way. Now we have to space out for Draymond and yeah. then it just opens Clay and, and Steph right back up. Yeah. That's the thing that you're hoping for the Pistons is okay, we got Cade locked up, we got Ivy locked up. We should be good. Isaiah Stewart just hit one. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you have to change your defense knowingly for Isaiah Stewart. Right. Now opens back up Kate and opens back up Ivy for the lanes and everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I think he can add. So if he can just keep doing this rate of three point shooting, yeah. or even if it drops a little bit, but keeps in the mindset of making one or two threes a game or something, mm-hmm. I think it's enough with the defense he brings to be a quality starter for the team. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm with you 100%. Last one, Mike, I keep saying last one, but I keep coming up with more stuff. But this one I think is interesting. Um, the Pistons are still missing their leading score from last year, right? Bogdanovich, he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Uh, where does he fit in right now? Is he coming off the bench potentially to start the year? Is is that where Killian, may, you maybe see that bump, and that's where Cade at that point has kind of found his groove and he's going to go shift back? Or mm-hmm. where do you see Bogdanovich coming back into play here? Depending, we're not, I don't want to get too far down the road and be like, okay, well, if they're in playoff contention or anything like that, but like in terms of, okay, he was your leading scorer last year, right? He actually had a really good year, all things considered. He shot the ball considerably well. Um, where does he fit into the equation? Is he going to start for this basketball team? Because they're, they're playing really well right now. I don't necessarily know outside of Killian, but it's not a necessarily a true one-to-one swap where you put Bogdanovich mm-hmm. out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of um. I think he might I don't be know. better actually playing. I don't know if he dude. starts. Um, I imagine he would start, but I don't think he would. I yeah. actually think he's going to be trade deadline bait for somebody. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, him. agreed. No, like, I, he's I, not, yeah. he's, I don't. He, I don't. He won't term. make. Yeah, he won't make the like long past the trade mm-hmm. deadline on this team. I think you come back in that four weeks. They'll start him. He'll look awesome for like a month, mm-hmm. and it'll be okay. Best offer for him. 
Right. Yeah. Kind of and send him away. in LA. <laughs> exactly. Or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. I don't think he's a long-term starter. I do think though that when he is ready to come back, I yeah. think the team is prepping to move Kate into that one spot and yeah. kind of shift the rotation around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think at the end of the day, you see it with like Dallas with Luca and some of these other teams where it's like, and like even LeBron for the Lakers, even though he's not a one, it's like there's that guy, he has to come down the ball. Even if like Ron goes on the court with LeBron, it was always right. LeBron bringing the ball down and then maybe Rondo would come back and do something with it. Or Kyrie will bring the ball down, but give it to Luca. Like right. you always end up giving it to that guy, just like he'd be the one and have him come down the court with the ball and right. set other guys up. See I think it. That, yeah, see it. Yeah, have that's you, eventually what's going to go to. Right, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm excited. I think Pistons fans for the first time in a long time are feeling a little bit hopeful, right? You got you you have what you hope is your coach of the future in Monty Williams. Uh your franchise player is back and playing good basketball. You have a young, exciting player in Jalen Duran coming in. You got Jaden Ivey, who's explosive off the bench. You have yeah. some things going for you in the positive direction for once. Yeah. At the worst case, just be what the wings are right now and just be competitive for yeah. a decent amount of the year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we think yeah. the wings are might be playoff team and alliance yeah. looking like playoff teams. Yeah. But just for, I guess, a better example would be the Tigers of last year. Just right. like kind of be in the race. Mm-hmm. For most of the year, you might not make it, and you might not right. make a playoff. Can we just not have, yeah, can we not just be accused of tanking, even though we didn't really try to tank last year? We were yeah, just bad. we were just bad. Like, <laughs> like you were at seventeen wins last year. Just get to like thirty. Thirty wins would be great. I'd thirty, be thirty-two, and I yeah. just get okay. There we go. We're okay. on the right yeah. side. Almost yeah. at five hundred, flirting with that five hundred mark a little bit. Yeah, flirting a little bit, a couple games behind yeah. the play-ins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beat some it. of these bad teams, the Charlotte Hornets of the world, right? Beat some mm-hmm. of these bad teams, you know, start to see the growth, right? Hopefully you're going to see, I, I, if nothing else, I hope when you come out of this year ago, they, they need to find five guys that they go, okay, the, these are, these are guys for us, right? Yeah. Like, I think it says quite a bit that a star Thompson starting for them. I think they love mm-hmm. his defensive, you know, um, flexibility i think it's interesting to kind of see him kind of be all over the place he's not lighting up the scoreboard by any means but okay you got nine rebounds one day okay you got five blocks you got this that he's kind of being a jack of all trades for them in so many ways um and i think he is really the key for their hot start honestly is because he's probably taking on the best ball handler on whoever team is for the most part yes yeah right you know what i mean so that's an interesting dynamic for sure um kind of looking forward to seeing what they do from that, but we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on it. Just like we do those red wings. We're going to keep an eye on both teams uh, throughout the season. Uh, let's shift focus though, Mike, let's talk some college football, obviously Michigan um, on the bye this week. Did the Spartans wind up pulling out a win last night nope. or on Saturday? They lost to Minnesota. Minnesota. That's right. I forgot. 27 Sorry, to 12, 27 to 12. Well, it was a game for at some point maybe, um, but anyway, so we're going to do a little, you know, Mike, we kind of, we've kind of talked around this a little bit here, right. With, you know, who we are potential top four is, but I want to get down to the nitty gritty here. I'm going to go through the top 15, Mike, of the latest AP poll released four hours ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want you to tell me Mike right now, pretender or contender, okay. (gasps) Pretender or contender. Now, some of these are going to be pretty easy to check off of, but we can Mm. talk about them nonetheless. Okay. All right. And some of these, if you want to, you know, like some of these don't require a ton of, you know, explanation others maybe do as we kind of get going. Okay. So number sure. 15, as of today, AP poll, Louisville, seven and mm. one in the ACC up three spots, uh, pretender or contender. Um, well, so let me, let me put it this way. There there's two different classifications, right? Are, are, yeah. I guess, I guess the question is, are we ranking these in terms of national champion or just, so, yeah, so, or yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say, give me whether they're a pretender or contender in terms of what, whether or not they are a, a threat to make a national championship. And then if that's not, that means they're a pretender, but what is their ceiling? So like okay. Louisville is obviously a pretender, right? They're not going to make the final four, but yeah. what is the ceiling for a Louisville team? Yeah. I mean, Louisville's, I think they've been playing quite good recently. Yeah. Um, seven, one, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, who, I mean, say what you want now, but I think Notre mm-hmm. Dame's a good team. They, they just, just beat the number uh, 20 Duke team. Yesterday. Yeah, they just beat Duke and beat them 23 to 0. Yep. Um, I think they're kind of on the rise team. And I think they don't really have a team left on their schedule mm-hmm. um, that they can upset, really shake things up. But they're definitely a bowl contender. Yeah. yeah. 
game. Um, maybe not the top, like a New Year's Six Bowl, but like yeah. maybe a, a high bowl after that. Right. Number 14, Missouri, 7-1 in the SEC, up two spots from last week. Um, coming off a big win over South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, 34 to 12. Um, you know, I, so, I I can't imagine they're necessarily a contender in the SEC. So here, it's a hard... so the Missouri one's fun. Yeah. So they're definitely a pretender. They're not, you know, going to be in the final four mm-hmm. by any means. Here's the thing, though. So they play at Georgia yep. this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. They're coming off of a bye week going into that Georgia game. Yeah. That without Brock Bowers at Georgia. Like I want to, I'll shoot the signal of like, keep an eye out on it. <laughs> Cause I think, I think there's something there. I think Missouri is actually a really good team. Yep. Um, yep. They're playing really well. They beat, um, you know, they lost to LSU, which, you know, mm-hmm. but they beat Kentucky. They've gone through beat Kansas state and some of these other teams. Right. Um, right. I think, I think they are sneaky good. And I think they can put up a competitive fight against Georgia. Maybe yep. not win, but I think they can do something there. Give them a scare. She's got to be in it. She's got to be in it to the end. Uh, number thirteen, LSU six and two in the SEC, up two spots from uh week previously. Um, I mean six. I mean two losses. I think that kind of says it all, right? I mean it's going to be pretty much damn near impossible at this point. Yeah. So you're you're not contending for championships. Period. For anything. Period. Yeah. I yeah. mean. Uh, you could have made the argument after the Florida State game, you could still kind of be in it, even though you kind of got blown out in the second half of that game. Yeah. But then losing um, uh, your second game uh, to Ole Miss, right? Um, you can't really do that. However, you're playing Alabama this upcoming weekend. Um, even though it's on the road, I do think you could be upset artists there. And mm-hmm. then if you went out, I mean, you would probably be the team looking into the SEC championship game against Georgia potentially, yep. and that's something where I think you could be a spoiler in the SEC championship to Georgia, yeah. possibly because I think they're sneaky good as well as Missouri. Right. So those are two really difficult games for Georgia in the next five weeks or so here. Right, number twelve, Notre Dame seven and two. Obviously, they're independent uh, once again. You lose to Ohio State. That's a tough one. Um, I know they've got some big-ish games coming up. I know they play Clemson, which at one point was a big deal, maybe not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seems like, once again, kind of like, you know, it, Notre Dame is that school where you have any big game on your marquee has to be a win because otherwise you have no shot. You have no conference championship. You have nothing you're playing for. Yeah, I think actually Notre Dame's too high on this list. I think yeah. LSU-Missouri are – Better, more fun of like upset alerts or things yep. than them. I don't know. Dame doesn't play anyone on their schedule that they can upset anymore, right. and then um, they don't have a championship game. Like they, they won't be playing the ACC champion like Florida State or anything, right. so they can't even upset there. And then they'll make a New Year's Six Bowl or some kind of bowl and probably win. But that's yep. about all you're getting out of Notre Dame this year. Not too no. much. Number eleven, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin and the Fighting Kiffins, uh, seven and one on the year. Um, you know, I thought Ole Miss really had an opportunity uh, this year. You know, to kind of make something happen. Unfortunately, that has not. That didn't really kind of come to be. Um, but seven and one. I mean, they're still right in the thick of it in the SEC. You know, it's just going to really kind of depend on how kind of some of those other games, as you mentioned earlier, kind of shake out. Yeah, so they beat or they lost Alabama. That's their only loss this year. They beat mm-hmm. LSU. Um, they do play at Georgia, so their schedule was just haunting from yes. the start. Playing yes. those three teams, um, thousand percent. Uh, I don't think they have much in them. I don't see them beating Georgia. They're not the team no. that I would be like, oh, here's the upset alert. Because I think right. Missouri's that team. If Georgia gets through them, I think they walk through to the SEC championship game. Um, so. Yeah, I, I not not a lot there. Ole Miss is a fun team for me to watch. I love Lane Kiffin's offense. They're so explosive, right? I think he just does a really good job with what he has there. Our problem is, is that usually they can't play any defense, um, mm-hmm. and they get into shootouts, and then you know they don't usually have the talent to necessarily overcome either, right? Um, here's where we kind of start talking about some of the big boys, though. Number ten coming off a huge upset loss to Kansas of all places, Oklahoma, finally kind of showing their ass like we thought they would. I've never really felt like they were a contender and this kind of at least firmly solidifies that you're not really belonging with the big boys, in my opinion. Yeah, I was not to shut up Oklahoma fans. I was happy that they lost this game because now <laughs> they're they're a team where if it came down to it and you had a couple like three or four undefeated yeah. champion team, like if they went undefeated 
Texas again and won the Big 12 and right. say like Washington or Florida State or someone messed up along the way, the uh-huh. argument is there to put Oklahoma in. Right. And Oklahoma well, in the Final Four, they're not a Final Four team. And so uh, they were definitely pretenders through the course of the year and Kansas kind of showed it a little bit. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll say, yeah, pretenders, I mean, they're going to make a New York Bowl game. They're, yeah. they're a good team and I think they're on the right direction, but I will give credit to Brett Venables, though, their head coach, right, after oh, yeah. Lincoln Riley leaving, right? Like, that's a tough spot to just kind of come in and be like, okay, let's just try yeah. to continue, well, right? Especially, like, Lincoln Riley leaving and taking all the Everybody. He took your quarterback, took every skill position player we had, and, oh, by the way, we're going to leave the cupboard bare. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All these recruits that we thought we had coming in, they're leaving too. Yeah, so he was late to recruiting process the year he got hired and everything, yeah. and so – this team last year was pretty awful, but yep. you were a really quick turnaround going to end at least with a 10 win season. I would imagine at this point. Yep. Um, so, I mean, good on Oklahoma and I think they're going to be, I mean, hey, they're going to be if the they win the next Big 12 still, if they win the big 12 somehow, I, I mean, that's definitely considered a, a successful season in year two for Brad Venables. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if they somehow, if they somehow beat Texas again, I would, I would definitely think you're like, okay, we feel like we're moving in the right direction. Exactly. Uh, number nine, Penn State, you know, had the loss to Ohio State two weeks ago, um, bouncing back, obviously, this past weekend. Um, but talk to me about the Nittany Lions. It just seems like to me, until they do it, I never will believe that they're ever going to be a true threat, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to Franklin. Um, and I just, you know, everyone talks about their defense or defenses, you know, that's great and all, but your offense, when you throw 40 passes, you complete 14 against a not great. I mean, the Ohio State defense is good. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not some dominant force like we've seen in the past out of some of these Georgia teams. Um, I don't I don't think Penn State really is going to be a threat at the end of this, and I think Michigan's going to put it down. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not – I didn't think they were threats to begin with. Right. Um, but going in – I mean, losing to Ohio State on the road, tough game. So yeah, I, for I, sure. You can't hate them too much there. Yeah. But keeping the game so close against Indiana, yeah. I just think it's one of those things where if you're going to give shit for Michigan for not playing anybody, at least they beat all of the Big Ten teams by, like, 40-plus points, I feel like. Yeah. Like they don't leave any doubt there. Like, yeah, we are definitely better than you. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to see you in a dog fight at home against Indiana. Right. And they go, oh yeah, but Penn State's still better because they played Ohio State or something. Right, go, right. Well, we played Penn, we played Ohio State close. I don't care. What yeah. does it have to do with anything? It's yeah. like, oh, but we beat you know West Virginia, yeah. and I go, cool. <laughs> this sounds good to me. Like you're the West Virginia is on the level of some of these Big Ten schools, so it's not like you're smacking some you know, crazy <laughs> team or anything. Um, no kidding. Yeah, so I I I think. Penn State's been pretenders, but now they just show their ass finally. So for sure, absolutely. Uh, number eight, Alabama Crimson Tide, seven and one. Obviously, uh, I think they're always kind of in consideration a little bit, right? Just mm-hmm. because of Nick Saban and who they are. This is not the Alabama of old, though, right? You have uncertainty at the quarterback position. Um, you've had a lot of changeover on the coaching staff side. Like it, it seems like it's finally kind of caught up to them to some extent. Um, and it really just feels like they're just kind of playing catch up to whatever Georgia does right now. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think Alabama is actually a contender. Like I think they legitimately can be. Um, I know they have the one loss to Texas earlier. I will get to Texas in a minute here, yep. but um, I think Alabama, because I don't think there is that team that is so overwhelmingly good this year. Correct. Like you can think it's Michigan. You can think Georgia because they've won. Right. 25 in a row or whatever the case may be. Yep. You think some of these teams, I don't think there's one team that I'm like terrified oh, yeah. of. That's like, right. Oh, you were just so much better than ever. There's no 2019 LSU here. Like right. there's no one that's like, no one's beating that team where right. I think Alabama, you beat LSU, you make it to the SEC championship game, right. you upset Georgia. You're now right. in the race. You're in the final right. four at that point. Mm-hmm. And then if you're in the final four, you play Florida state or you play Oregon or you play Washington. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it goes sky's the limit. I think you can, yeah, I I don't I don't trust their quarterback. I really don't. I I, I don't need that's you know I mean? the one weakness yeah. of the team is I don't trust him throwing it. But yeah. if they can put him on the move and kind of adjust mm-hmm. the offense accordingly, I don't think it's no. that bad. No, and that's the so. thing. I just feel like going into games usually when when Saban and his teams are at his best, right? It's two things. Number one, they do a really good job of stopping the run. And number two, they always do a really good job of having a quarterback who's just the smartest guy out there, right? Whether it was hurts whether it was Tua whether it was AJ McCarron I mean like those AJ McCarron has no prototypical NFL skills right mm-hmm. except for the fact that he was just 
smarter than everybody else, right? Um, they don't have that one dynamic wide receiver like a Julio or a Devontae Smith right now, right? That you can actively pinpoint and go, oh, shit. They don't have the explosive backs of a Derrick Henry or uh, a Mark Ingram or a Jameer Gibbs or somebody like that who they can just at any point in time can ch- change the game. It's a different composition Alabama team this year. They're fascinating to watch. They've struggled against teams that I didn't think they should necessarily struggle against. Mm-hmm. Um but it, they're, they're fascinating because they have a path, right? And that's and they're one of the few teams up here that in this area that really do have a path. Um, next team on this list, Texas, 7-1. and one. I don't know what to think about Texas. I thought early on, you know, maybe with the win over Alabama, they were something, but then they lose to an Oklahoma team that I have no real faith in. Um, I just think it's – I think it's kind of like L- or Penn State for me. I don't trust Sark. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Sarkeesian at all for whatever reason. It's probably just TV bias, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I think Texas is a contender, one thousand percent. I think yeah. the only tough game, close game they played really all year was Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. they lost, but they had the lead with a minute left, mm-hmm. and Dylan Gabriel just came up with some big plays at the end. Yep. Um, I think if they played again. I would pick Texas to win, even though too. Obama won the first one. Yep, and I, I think in terms of competing with the top teams that I'm thinking of right now, I think they can at least be in the wall game, just like Alabama. So yeah. I think Texas is definitely a contender. Um, I think they have a difficult shot at getting in. Yeah. Because some of these other teams already have a leg up being undefeated. Like if all yeah. these other teams just don't lose, yeah, they're it's not be in. Impossible. So right. um but I do think that they're contenders for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the other problem too is is like okay, so they're they're in the Big Twelve, right? They're not going to be in that championship game against one of these undefeated teams, right? So like Bama, okay, if they if they remain if they go undefeated the rest of the way and they beat Georgia, you're in, right? Mm-hmm. You're in the SEC and you have that win now. Where a team like Texas, okay, say it's you in Oklahoma again, okay, you beat Oklahoma, that's great, but you still have a loss where we could talk about the Washingtons and and the Florida States, the Michigan or Ohio State, and then. Georgia or Bama, assuming one of those teams comes out, you're kind of that fifth team, yeah. right? You're kind of squeezed out of there. Yeah, they're they're going to need some stuff to happen yes. to, to really yes. get that ball moving. Absolutely. Um, speaking of a team that's kind of playing, you know, some of their best ball right now, Oregon seven and one, I kind of think it's a similar kind of thing with Alabama, right? Where you just got to hope to God that you can get to that PAC 12 championship and it's you and Washington again. Yeah. I, and like you said, Alabama, I think they're in the exact same road as Texas, yes. where they lost to, um, except the only one with Oregon is the team that they lost to is still undefeated. Yeah. But they lost to a team that they're probably going to rematch come the Pac-12 championship game. Yep. And they're in the same boat where I think if, say, if Oregon goes undefeated and wins the Big or the, the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and Texas goes undefeated and wins the Big 12, it's yep. like, which one do you put in? Right. I don't know. Right. right. They, they yeah. both have ranked wins. They both mm-hmm. play tough teams. Which yep. one do you put in? I don't know. I would probably say if it, uh, honestly, if, if I'm an Oregon duck fan, I'm rooting for Washington every single week until that championship. Absolutely. Because you want them to be undefeated because if, if Oklahoma stumbles again, right. Or whoever Texas winds up playing, it's not nearly the quality win as if you go in to a neutral site and beat the team that's undefeated as a top five team. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that top five team, Washington, uh, eight, no top five, no movement for them this week. Um, obviously, cause I mean, nobody else lost, right. So it's kind of hard to move up, um, explosive offense, Michael Penix jr. Playing some great football. I mean, shoot, we've been talking to him about him when he was in Indiana, right. Talk about mm-hmm. making the best move of his career, not leaving that place. Um, explosive offensively, big win over Oregon a couple weeks ago. Um, really, I think they're just kind of on cruise control until they play Oregon again. Yeah, pretty much. Really kind of I how mean, I see it. I mean, so they're a contender for sure. I mean, they're, yeah, they're they're, they're the best offense in football right now. Yeah, I mean, they don't play anyone that's you know I'm I'm worried about the mm-hmm. rest of the way. I think Utah's defense is really good. I think they're the last tough games at Oregon State, which is a really good defense. I think both those games are tough. Um, but they don't. They watch goes undefeated the rest of the way. They play Oregon, and it's okay. You and Oregon, one of you guys are probably going to get into the dance. Which one is it? Right. Point. Absolutely. And I think Oregon's in the same place where, you know, they play Cal, USC, Arizona State, Oregon State. I, I mean, right. I think they run the table too. And it's 11 1 Oregon, 12 0 Washington. What are you guys are in? We'll yeah, the it. USC game is going to be interesting just because it's at this point, if Caleb Williams is still going to play, mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, are they going to try to play spoiler? Because 
yeah. you know, has not gone well for the USC Trojans. Um, number Nothing four, great. number four, Florida State from the ACC. Once another team, I don't particular, I don't, you know, see any real chance they don't just go undefeated. I think they have mm-hmm. probably the easiest road at this point to get to the Final Four. At this point, I, I don't really see that next team in the ACC where I go, "Ooh, that's going to be a tough one for them." Like, I mean, the next team really in the ACC is Louisville, right? So, like, that's yeah. that, that's just not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not was, afraid of Florida as a Florida State fan. I am. I was very disappointed in North Carolina the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. They were playing some really good football, and I was like, "Man, Florida State, North Carolina." Mm-hmm. Is something I would love to see, and dropping the ball the last two weeks has yep. not been great. Nope. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I think if I think if you absolutely are going to lock a team into the Final Four, that's Florida State. It's, I feel like it's Florida. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think they're insane. Yeah, because Michigan and Ohio State are going to eat each other, and then Georgia has the potential, you know, showdown with Bama or whoever, right? And with your Bama, back- oh, and they hard. can have exactly so. And then you know, Washington has to play Oregon, Texas mm-hmm. will have to play Oklahoma. Like Florida mm-hmm. State doesn't really have that team that they have to go up against so right. if you're gonna lock a team in i'm pretty confident it'd be Florida State. yeah absolutely at this point um number three ohio state um no movement for them this week obviously coming off a, a win over i think it, would they play wisconsin this week yeah um, you know pretty easy victory for them all things considered i i here's the thing i want to say they're a pretender because i still think their offense isn't right However, mm-hmm. when you have Marvin Harrison, if Emeka Buka comes back, right, Travion Henderson can just be relatively good. Their defense is playing good, not great. It's hard for me to write them off, but their quarterback play is so poor right mm-hmm. now. I just I don't know if if they if they beat Michigan this year, okay. Yeah, are they gonna win the Big Ten? Yes, obviously, because the other side of the Big Ten sucks ass, but I don't see them competing with Georgia or Florida State or whether it's Oregon or Washington, I don't think they have a good enough quarterback to hang in those games. Yeah, I don't think so either. If they beat beat Michigan, which I don't think they do. No, I don't think they do either. I will say, though, at this point, if they beat Michigan, Mm -hmm. I would would move them from pretender to contender. Right. I think think Michigan is truthfully a top-two team in the nation, Mm -hmm. and so if you go out and you beat them, Mm -hmm. and I go, all right, you just beat one of the top-two teams, why, why can't you beat Washington or Florida State, right. like what's like especially after wins against Notre Dame and mm-hmm. wins against Penn um, State, Penn State, yep. Yep. and then Michigan. going well, you went what was it? You went on the road to Notre Dame, on the road to Michigan, and home against Penn State. Winning all three of those games, I go sky's the limit. I can't, I can't say you're not at that yeah. point. So, um, but right now I would say pretender, but it, only because it, of the road, right? It, that's yeah. the thing, right. It's one of those situations where. It just feels like, for whatever reason, that just they're not necessarily in sync. Um, number two, Michigan Wolverines still once again on a bye week this week, and have a they play Penn State next week, right? Is no, that, they play Purdue. Oh, Purdue. I don't know why I was thinking Penn State. Um, but either way, right? Michigan eight zero on the year. Um, I guess their last time we saw the Michigan Wolverines, right? They were destroying Michigan State. Um, I mean, I do think they're a contender. I do think the Big Ten is theirs. I think they have to. I think if anything less than that is pretty much an absolute disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I look at this team and I go, look, this is the first time in my entire life that they've had the best quarterback in the conference. This mm-hmm. is the first time in my life they've had a top five quarterback in the nation, straight up, right? And mm-hmm. I know that's that's not necessarily like a declaring remark, but at the same time, when you really think about it, I think JJ's playing bet as good as anybody. I mean, that defense is flying. They're finally able to run the ball a little bit more, and they're more diverse in the passing attack this year. That's, I think, the key for this Michigan team is that they can throw the ball more consistently. They're not so reliant upon the run because they've actually gotten worse this year on the run mm-hmm. this year. I think this is the year where if you're going to do it, this has to be the year because I think you have the quarterback, you've got enough skill position players, good couple tight ends, and you have the t- two of the better running backs in the country, and your defense is stacked. There's really no excuse for this Michigan team this year. If JJ and Harbaugh both want to kind of ride off into the sunset together, this is the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too much more to add to that. I think they're the, I think they're probably the best team in the nation. I don't know if you can put them over Georgia because Georgia has lost. You you, you have horrible success, yeah. but yeah. Let me ask you this real quick on the Michigan thing. I know we're going to spend a little extra time on it. If JJ wins a national championship, okay, 
Where mm-hmm. does it rank for you in your life, right? And now, granted, me and you have been part of when we were growing up. We're not that far in age, but we grew up in the shittiest time of Michigan football ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where does he rank for you in, in quarterbacks in Michigan history? Because Harbaugh made the comment of, like he can make to be the greatest. It's one of those things where it's like, look, I know Michigan fans and Michigan likes to take credit for Brady, even though we treated him like shit the entire time he was here. Um, mm-hmm. But like, honestly, who's the next guy? If JJ goes undefeated and in two seasons goes whatever it is, 27 and one or whatever the hell the numbers would be, right? With the one mm-hmm. loss at TCU, but then you go in and win a national title that next year and then you go to the draft. Where does that put JJ in Michigan history? Chet Henney never did that. This mm-hmm. is like you got to go back to like Brian Greasy, right? Like as the last guy who won one. Brady never won one. Drew Henson didn't do anything for us. Denard was a train wreck, you know, fun, fun to watch, but a train wreck. Like, you know, you look at these quarterbacks and you go, JJ has to be up there, right? If he no, won. I mean, he's definitely up there. I mean, my personal favorite's always gonna be Chad Hedy. Yeah, Chad Hedy. And then, awesome. I love Chad. And then and then I'll have like a soft spot in my heart for Denard Robinson because I think he's so much fun to watch. Um, every time he threw a pass, I thought it was gonna be picked. Every single time. I know, and somehow it wasn't, and somehow he'd make <laughs> touchdowns out of nothing. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I think there's definitely a strong argument to be made. And he's one of those players where I feel like because in the moment you don't really feel like he is, yeah. but then you look at everything and he is. I yes. think it's I think historically he'll go down as probably the best one, but I think no one will admit it now. Yeah, right. I think it's too early because you're in the moment, right? It's, yeah. I really think though, people really need to kind of understand this. It's like if he wins one, if he wins a national title, pretty hard and, and, and you know, like to not be like, he's probably one of the best we've ever had because mm-hmm. he's J.J. McCarthy. And I think we talked about this last week. J.J. McCarthy is the guy who went every single Michigan fan for the last 20 years ago, whatever five star, the Shane Morris, the Wilton Spate, the oh, who was the quarterback that I hate so much, uh, the spread guy from Ole Miss. Um, Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson, right? When he oh, Shea Patterson's coming. Oh boy, right? The Joe Milton's everybody. JJ McCarthy's the is the only one in that entire time where you went, oh, this kid looks like he could be special, and he's actually been really good. Mm-hmm. He's the only one. Every single other guy they've recruited in a long time. Outside, I mean, like even Ryan Mallett was meh. Since mm-hmm. Chad Henney, he's the best quarterback they've ever had. And that's not a very high bar when you really go and look at see who they've had. Uh, last on this list, number one, Georgia, 8-0. Obviously, haven't lost in two years. They're awesome. We get it. Um, Brock Bowers is out, though. Still coming off a big win uh, this past week, right? Who they beat this week? Florida. Florida, right? Kind of put a stomping on them, quite frankly, as well. So they kind of answered the bell there. Um, hard for me not to say they're not a contender. Back-to-back defending national champions. I mean... If you had to put a percentage on it, what's the percentage you think they get it back to back to back? Uh, I put it in like the sixties or seventies mm-hmm. somewhere. I think. I mean, I think there's a good chance that they do it. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, I mean, I still think Michigan can compete with. Them. I think this is the year. I feel like teams can actually really compete with them. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. They just pull it out every single like the last two years. Mm-hmm. Even even in dog fights, and they just like slip out and pull it away somehow so i i can't say no georgia's awesome awesome. they're good they're a good football team it's you know it's interesting to watch i'm very interested to kind of see how they match up against an alabama team or or even like this mizzou team coming up um to kind of see what they do without him on the field um but yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting for sure Mm -hmm. um all right guys that's kind of you know it for contenders pretenders um Really, it's it's going to come down to you know a couple key games here down the road. You know, Michigan's got a couple big ones. Ohio State's got a big one. Um, you know, Texas, Oregon, Washington, Bama, Georgia. You know, the huges of the world. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like in a lot Pretty of much. ways. Um, all right, let's shift focus a little bit though. Let's talk about the main event of the day: Crown Jewel on deck, Mike. Uh, next weekend they are going to be in Saudi Arabia. Um. They're trying mm-hmm. to load this show the best they can. Um, I think you got some really interesting matchups coming up. I'm going to be fascinated to kind of see, you know, what, you know, what happens, you know, with them. Um, 
there, there's there's a couple ma- there's a couple matches on this card where I go, this is the stuff where if you're gonna do things, this is the time to do it, right? On a show like this, um, where you can pull the trigger on a couple things and you go, okay, like I'm I'm behind it, you know, um, and you got a big main event coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll start with the non-title matches. All right, all as right. per use. So we will hit up the uh, John Cena taking on Solo Sikoa match. Um, apparently, this might be John Cena's toughest test he's ever apparently. had in his career. Okay. But w- that's what WWE sent him out at. Well, he's you know, the greatest that... of all time, uh, John Cena is. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, I wasn't actually aware, but uh, I did yeah. hear about it a few times. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, the greatest of all time. And uh, Solo Sokola doesn't know how to win singles matches against anybody of any sort of importance. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure he's Owen whatever against people that are good. So, um, yeah, I think Cena so, so Cena wins. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, next up, we had uh, Cody Rhodes taking on Damian Priest. Oh. Now, I, I am, I'm looking forward to this match. I think this match will be good. Yeah. I don't want anything further stipulation-wise to this match. <laughs> you don't want him to win Money in the Bank? I do not want him to win Money in the Bank. No. No, and though, because I, I I thought because like I was listening to people and they were like what if and I heard it and I said oh that's such a WWE move yeah. trying to cash in a money at WrestleMania I was like that's such a WWE move and I was like no don't do it so, so let hoping- me ask you this hold on hold on let me ask you this just to yeah. be devil's advocate what if he doesn't cash in at Mania but what if they do the Rob Van Dam build where it's like hey I I want my title match at WrestleMania. But I'm not like cashing it in. Like no, that's that's what I mean. I don't oh, want him okay, to cash okay. it for Mania. Okay, no, I, I, okay. I don't think he's gonna catch in okay. after Roman okay. fights a match. Right, right, right. I would I would kill myself if that <laughs> happened. Um, <laughs> no, I I just don't want him to do the whole money in the bank thing at all. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for that, I I want that to be Damian Priest thing. Yeah. He won it. Just let him do it. Yeah, yeah. The only other time, like Edge can take it. When yeah. Mr. Kennedy gets fired, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or gets hurt or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't want Cody just to win it over and it'd be like, oh, I I want this at Mania. No, I don't right, want right, that. Right. Okay. Okay. That's right. what the that's what the chamber is for. If you're, if you're not giving me either the Rumblewood or the Chamber one, whatever, you don't yeah. need to do the whole money in the bank thing. Yes. Agreed. Cody but Cody wins. Agreed. Yeah, I think Cody wins too. In the worst way. Yeah. No, I I can't imagine. It not being that, um, I'm still kind of surprised to drop the tag titles. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a little bit shocking to me, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Like I said, man, I think this show actually has some legs. I really do. I think they've, I think they've really tried to, they're, they're treating these more as regular pay per views again, rather than how do I make this as gaudy as possible with shit that nobody cares about? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I can appreciate the efforts here. So then we have a WWE women's title match. Oh shit! Not the not the women's world title, the women's title. Yep. We got Eero Sky taking on Bianca Belair, who returned yep. last week or two weeks ago. Don't like this. Not a fan of this. I I don't. This is too soon. Um, I didn't like how she just come back and she's gonna get a shot at it immediately. Um, I felt like if you're gonna build it, build it. That's fine, but not for this show. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, didn't didn't understand that. Um, I have no idea who's going to win this. Maybe that's why they're doing it. I could see Bianca winning. I could yeah. see EO keeping it. I personally would prefer at this point to EO to keep it and then Bailey turns and then you yes. get a feud there. I mean, I think Bailey is due since she came back. She hasn't done very much. Um, I think Bailey is due. And I honestly, I'd be I'm still I think I've bet Bailey to win the Rumble outside last year because we all knew Rio was going to win last year. But I think I've bet Bailey to win the damn Rumble every year since it's been created. Um, mm-hmm. I would be fine with Bailey winning the Rumble this year. So I'm I'm gonna hope that EO retains, and that's how we get there. Shocker, me shocked. Yeah, uh, yeah I have EO winning too. If Bianca wins, I'll be sad, even though I like Bianca. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Like, what you know, she's just gonna come back and just win immediately after you just had a big title defense against both Oscar and Charlotte. It seems a little bit premature to be doing this match, but. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of the women, we have a WWE Women's World Title Fatal Five Way. Hold match. on, hold on. Rhea Ripley's wrestling on this card. Holy shit! No way. She's not just managing the Judgment Day. Get the hell out of here. The oh. Women's World Champion actually performing. You just love to see it. <laughs> He's never on these shows. Never. 
Good God. Uh, Rhea Ripley has her toughest challenge yet. Toughest That's challenge. Challenge. That yeah, not man. Charlotte. That not damn Charlotte. Pierce. Not Natalia. No, no, no. No. She's got four women to go through here. Dun, dun, dun. She's got Nia Jax. Uh-oh. Zoe Stark. Uh-oh. Shayna Baszler. Oh, boy. And Raquel Rodriguez. So they just went, all right, here's everybody who she's beaten in the last whatever time, and then Nia Jax, and they're just going to go. So you're going over clean, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're going to retain. In no situation do I see her losing the title here. Um, You know. He won't lose it to at least Mania. No, if not hold yeah, longer. Right. So. I mean, I think she, I, I we we joke about her not defending the title, but I'm not actually happy about that. I'm because she's not bad. Like I would prefer to see her in actual like feuds for the title. Um, I know the Judgment Day thing has really kind of taken hold, which I get, I appreciate, but at the same time, I'm like Rhea's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, number one Rhea fanboy right here. Like I, she's fantastic. So. I mean, in really in all circumstances, I hope this match gets a little bit of time. It's going to be a clusterfuck, five women, most of which are not very experienced. It's going to be a bit tough, uh, but Rhea's going to get the win. I anticipate at one point or another, they're going to do a tree of woe, and Nia Jax gets superplexed off the top rope. That's my prediction. Okay. We'll write that one down and yep. come back next week when it happens. Yep. Um, WWE United States Championship match. Ring oh. the bell for a title change. Here we go. Ding. Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul. I would be shocked. I know they don't like actually have betting odds on this. Yeah. If Logan Paul's not like a minus ten million favorite to win this, yep. I'll be shocked. Okay. So I was gonna ask you about this. How, how mad are you gonna be if he doesn't win? Like really We're talking upset. about Logan like, Paul winning the US title, by the way, folks. Like legitimately upset. I'm gonna be annoyed. I am gonna be legitimately like, why? Mm-hmm. Seriously, this is exactly you don't give the fucking celebrity guy the world title you don't need to do that shit but logan paul winning the united states championship over a massive fan favorite like ray mysterio is perfect and he better hold it until mania and then you have a guy whoever that guy is la Knight. i could see an la Knight logan paul match in my mind already and to be ginormous mm-hmm. because you allow him to hold it he defends it every pay-per-view or whatever, right? It doesn't need to be this big old thing. Like Santos Escobar can be Survivor Series next month or whatever, right? Like whatever you want to do. But Logan Paul is the perfect celebrity to put this championship that needs a punch in the fucking arm more than anything else right now. This is the perfect time to do it. If Logan Paul does not win the U.S. title, I'm going to be upset. I know some people are going to bitch on Twitter about this, and I'm already prepared to be like, I don't think you understand how this works. Mm-hmm. It's really at this point. If he doesn't, I don't know why. What the hell the point of the match is? Yeah, my, and I've said it too. I think my only caveat. Yeah, and I only have one caveat. Yep, is if you told me that like Logan Paul's contract is only for like three more wrestling matches until Mania or something. Yes, then don't, then yes. don't do it. Yes, I don't want him to only be a Survivor Series, Rumble, and Mania mm-hmm. and never show up again. Like, yes. I don't want that. Right, that's my one caveat. If you told yes. me that, then I'd say Ray Mysterio win. Yeah. And other than that, yeah, it's right. Logan Paul all day long. Yeah. I just need you twice a month. Yeah, that's it. That's really what I need. I need you twice a month. I need you on I... one SmackDown and then for the one pay per view. Yeah, basically. You know what I mean? And here's the thing, right? You can show clips from his YouTube channel, right, on SmackDown, even if you had to, right, of him talking about whoever the challenger is or. Hey, every time he asks, hey, who, what do you know about Santos Escobar? I never heard of him. Yeah, me either. Like, whatever the case is to build some heat, this is the perfect time to reward a guy who has busted his ass, who is somebody that people are going to care about. And it's going to be front fucking page news, guys. That's what people don't get. It's going to mm-hmm. be front page news when he beats Ray. Yeah. Everyone's going to be, I can't believe they're going to treat Ray like that. The fact that Ray Mysterio is still getting championships at this point, spare me. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Paul, a hundred percent of the way, hundred percent. Unless he's only defended like once in the next six months, then no. Yeah, then I'll be done, I'll be upset. Don't do that. Don't don't ruin it for me. Here's yeah. the thing: I don't even necessarily need him to defend it a ton, but I want him to be present with the title, talking mad shit, building up to a big culmination. Where okay, look, like okay, if it's LA Knight or whoever, then that's a big moment because whoever beats Logan Paul is now somebody who is being elevated, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the point. Look who Logan Paul's been in the ring with this in his career. Um, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, The Miz, all stars. Like, that. you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and Ricochet, you know, one of these is not like the other. But outside of that, right, like, it's, it's all big 
fucking deal stuff. So yeah, Logan Paul, if he doesn't win the title, I'm gonna be upset. Yeah. Um next up here, I think this one, I don't know how you feel about it. Okay. It's it has to be the biggest 50-50 split to me on this okay. card. Okay. Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. I agree. I agree with you a thousand percent. I, I like I, I you could go either way. Yep, and it would make bad. sense. It would make yep. sense. Like it's the biggest 50-50 split. I think the only reason I'm gonna lean Rollins mm-hmm. in the slightest because I'm still holding out that I think Gunther's gonna win the Rumble and yeah. massacre Rollins the first time they wrestle because of his injury stuff. Like oh. that's the only thing I can think of to lean one way or the other. But they're yeah. both. It's just so yeah. let's let's toss a coin heads or tails. I don't know. I think they're. I think it's fifty fifty. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this because I kind of wanted. Drew to kind of go heelish with this a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of give you kind of a real split. Um, I agree with you though. I do think if they, if you told me, Hey, look, Drew's going to beat Seth for the title. I'm going to go, okay, that's interesting. Where do you go from here? Right? Like that's, that's a, w- what happens from that? Um, yeah, I'm with you though, too, where it's like, you're kind of holding out. Ho- I, here's the thing, Mike, and I, we're going to get, this is a sidetrack conversation now, but I was thinking about this actually, like logistically yesterday. I'm like, what are they going to do for the Rumble? Because you've got a lot of guys right now. Like, what do you do with LA Knight for me? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you do with Gunther? What do you do with Cody? What do you like? There's a lot of pieces where I'm trying to figure out how we navigate that because the Rumble is okay. That, that solves one of those three. Mm-hmm. Right? And if we're pigeonholing it somehow, Cody and Roman again, okay, let's assume it's the chamber. So then that other guy, it's like, am I, am I just for, you know, kind of fortune telling here and they're going to go LA Knight, Logan Paul? If that's the case, that's cool. But like, I, it's, it's going to be one of those situations where you really have to walk this fine line of how do we keep all these guys hot and all the momentum going at the same time? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, no, they're in a weird spot where they have a lot of hot guys, right? And not like enough spots, and not yeah, exactly. enough spots. Um, and this mania is supposed to be huge, right? We've been hearing it for months now. They're really trying to stack up this mania, and from the looks of it, from a preliminary aspect, look outside looking in, it could be, it could be legitimately one of the biggest WrestleManias ever. Um, I, I am really fascinated by this match. I do think Seth's going to come away with it. And I kind of hope drew I, I've been this run for Seth as great as Seth going into that was going to be, this has kind of been disappointing. Mm-hmm. This world title run. I, 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 the whole injury thing, then he's fine. And now like I, if drew won it, I wouldn't be upset, but I think the story is probably better. And then Gunther comes out night one opening match. They have the world title match and Gunther beats him in six minutes and Seth goes away for three months. Yeah. And then, and then you get, you know what I mean? At like SummerSlam yes, or something where exactly. you got a legit have hanger a between match. the two. Yes. Cause Gunther's going to be like, look, dude, I'm awesome. Blah, 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 whatever. I mean, here's the thing. What do you think? Do you think they could get, See, this is the fucking problem, though. It's almost like I don't want to give the Rumble to anybody because I don't want to give it to LA Knight because I don't think there's a spot for him there. But it's like Gunther at this point could go, hey, I'm the I'm the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion ever. So I'm going to put that on the line against your world title. Mm-hmm. And then he just holds both, and then he vacates the IC title the next night. You know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, he's double champ. You gotta, yeah, you know I, mean? the thing is, I, I don't the only reason I don't want that yeah. is like a vacate is because the way he's elevated the title so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who beats him is huge. It's just immaculate. Yeah. Right? right. And like if you vacate it and you go, all right, here's an eight person tournament. Yeah. Sure, the winner gets the new IC title, but yeah. it's like, okay, but you're like now you're automatically secondary because oh, yeah. you didn't beat the guy who had yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I'm, he has he has to lose it to somebody. Right. And like. and that's the thing too is I'm trying to figure out who they beat who beats him. Who beats him? You know what I mean? Like, I thought, I thought, honestly, I was like, okay, Drew could beat him. I thought Sheamus could beat him, right? Where, and this was before we kind of got into the whole, like, okay, he's going to be the longest ever, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he could have been a 220-day run, and Sheamus beats him, and everybody would have been like, yeah, that was a great run with the Intercontinental Championship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what the hell they're going to (laughs) do. You know what I mean? Like, who the hell's going to beat him for this damn thing? Um. They don't have anybody for that. So it's yeah, like, I, I, like I said, I think the only guy I think legitimately could do it is like the LA Knights. 
Yeah, well, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have him lose to Roman here, and then we gotta want that Logan Paul thing set up. Like, I don't know if he's gonna yeah. be in that picture on the Raw. No side, idea, so. no idea. So I- I'm fascinated. I think it's why they're kind of doing the ratings that they are, is because you have a lot of different options. But going back to this match, though, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I do think it's a pick 'em. I'm also in agreement with you where I think I would lean Rollins here. Um, if Drew turned heel though, like legit turned heel and sh- and stole this win, and we had a little bit of a Rollins. Drew thing for the next month or two. Maybe mm-hmm. Rollins wins it back at the Rumble, right? Where Drew's not in it. And then you set up that where it's going through Rollins for the next three months where we're just teasing that conflict. I think that could do really well as um yeah. as well. Honestly, in if, if in that sense though, yeah, I'd almost rather if Drew's gonna win it, yeah, have him just beat him and then do maybe the rematch with Rollins at the Rumble, and then just do Drew and, Sh- Drew and Gunther at Mania. Then. You could do that too, that right? Too, you know, I'm just like, trying to I'm just trying to make the best of both worlds, where you have that title swap, where it's like, okay, you kind of have that you because what happens is if Drew were to turn heel here, and now it's it's like you've got a new feud all in and at once, right? Because now Rollins is chasing another heel. Rollins gets the big win back, but then it's like, oh shit, hey. Great moment, Rollins. I'm back. I'm the world champion. I never should have lost it. Blah blah blah. Oh, by the way, Gunther's waiting for me on the other side, and he's gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. You know, where you can kind of get the best of both worlds. Because I don't know if people are gonna give a shit enough about Rollins in this world title by the time we get to Mania. I don't think so either. They don't have another guy after this. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough challenge there. So yeah, this is a pick them. I would say if I had to put money on it, though, I'd say Seth retains. Yeah, I think Seth retains, but it's. It's gonna be tough. the closest 50-50 that we have yeah, on this card. For I sure. think. There's there's gonna be a bro, there's gonna be a kick, the whatever kick he does, and I'm gonna yeah. fall for it every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then a match that's maybe not as 50-50, but it's gonna be the main event. Yeah. Roman Reigns will defend his title against LA Knight. Um crowd's gonna go Ro- nuts, man. Crowd's gonna go nuts. They're gonna try so hard to get you in that moment where you think LA Knight's going to win, even yeah. though I'm not going to believe it because no, no way Roman's going to lose this title around you in Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Honestly, like, if this match, and that's why I don't love this match happening at this show, is if this ma- if this match was at, like, the Rumble, yeah. I'd actually maybe believe it slightly. Because, yeah. like, you could do a title change at the Rumble yeah. if you, you had could do to. It. Yeah, you maybe, could do it. Like, like I, I just don't believe you're going to do a title change in Saudi Arabia. I just don't believe no, it. No, they're going to fuck him. They're going to fuck him hard here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, there's no chance he walks out here. This once again is another litmus test, right? It's yeah. another phase in them saying, okay, LA Knight, here you go. You're going in with the biggest star we have. Yeah. Right? I just, yeah. I asked my only wish was no. I wish this would have been Cena or something. Yes. You know, like put on a big marquee match for Saudi Arabia, but like, Everyone Listen, knows he's never going to win, and then I, I do the LA Knight one later. I wouldn't mind them trying to go see a Roman one more time before Cena leaves. Which is why this one would have been awesome because yes. I don't know if he's going to be around yeah. enough. And then you I do, know. and then you do Roman LA Knight, yeah, at the Rumble or right. later. This so where he doesn't have to be in the Rumble, right? Exactly. Those yeah. things you kind of get around of it. Um, yeah, I think this match is going to be better than people expect. Um, I think the crowd's going to be hot because I think the fans are just going to be tuned into, Oh, every time this guy comes out, we cheer, let's cheer him. Um, I'm actually interested to see how the audience reacts though long-term because the American side knows, right? The, the foreign side knows, but Saudi Arabia is a whole different animal. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily about if you're the hottest guy right now, it's more like, Oh, Hey, where's our stone cold. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to kind of see the reaction LA night gets, um, Roman's going to retain Jimmy's going to interfere. I, you know, lather rinse repeat on this in, in so many ways. It's yeah. I, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm gonna go back to it. I think Logan Paul LA Knight's the best spot for LA Knight at Rania for the U S title. I think that's the best biggest match you could possibly be in without being in the world champion. I think it's the biggest match you could be in. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say only next to the IC title, but I don't see yeah. a way you get to that. So right. Sure. Right. Cause yes. it's not on the same show. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think that's probably where you have an Uber over LA Knight versus a hated celebrity Logan Paul as US champion. You know, Mania, night one, night two, doesn't matter. I, I could see it opening up night two, even, right? Big, mm-hmm. for, you know, LA Knight's music hits to start the show off. We're off and running. You know, they go 12, 15 minutes, banger, LA Knight's US champ, and we have a run. Um, yeah. I'm I'm interested. I'm digging the promos. I loved their stuff on Friday, by the way. I saw the yeah. video of him coming out, like interrupting Roman's entrance and not mm-hmm. making eye contact with him. Thought that was fantastic. Um, 
if you had to put a band, if you had to put like a guess or like a timeline, at what point is LA Knight world champion? Does he ever get to world champion status? Do you think at any point in time do they make him world champion? Um, I wish, not for a while. Wrong, he's getting hot at the wrong time. He a one thousand percent is because the problem is Roman at worst is losing it at, at forty mania at forty, yep. and then Cody's got to hold it for another six months ex- at least. Six months at least. Yeah. Because if he loses it the next month or something. All that goes away. So he's got to hold it for a while. I mean, if you're going to have Gunther be world heavy, if you're two champions after Mania 40 are Gunther and either Cody or Reigns, uh-huh. I don't know LA Knight gets through either one of those at the end of that year. So probably your earliest would be 2025. Yeah. But probably not. Right. I, I mean, I, I really think it's, I, I, I mean, I could see them with the world. I, I don't know. It's, <sighs> honestly i think maybe his best road is to have a really nice run with the u.s title right mm-hmm. like if he makes the u.s championship worth what gunther has done or close to what gunther has done for the intercontinental you could go hey maybe la Knight's time right to to take mm-hmm. it you know and, and do this you know i i i don't know i i he's a such a fascinating case to me because it's not like his in-ring work is blowing anybody away i think he's fine mm-hmm. he doesn't do anything crazy he uh-huh. feels like oh, like he he gives off that Stone Cold vibe. Like he's so pop, but like yeah. when you actually go back and watch the matches, you go, yeah, Stone Cold post neck injury and pre neck injury are two completely different dudes. Exactly, completely yeah. different. Uh, Ninety six Stone Cold, awesome in the ring. Ninety eight Stone Cold, a lot of kicking and punching. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just a lot of like the crowds yeah. erupting and not really watching, and he's just going, <laughs> and then like the match is over. Yeah, really stunner, it's go, over. Okay, cool. yeah. stunner, it's over. Yeah, stunner, it's over. Um, yeah, fascinating stuff though. This show though, I, I will give them credit, right? This is one of their better crown jewel shows on paper that we've seen in a long time. This is, this mm-hmm. looks like a solid show through and through. They're going to Australia pretty soon too, for a for, show for, for elimination chamber. Yeah. For elimination chamber. That show is going to be off the chain. Just because and, then they're, they're and then they're going to Germany late next year. Yes. So lots of good stuff. They're really leaning into the foreign markets, which is exciting. Uh, WWE man kicking on all cylinders. Oh, and real mm-hmm. quick thoughts on AEW announcing a new pay-per-view again. Yeah. They're getting their, they're filling out their slate for yeah. upcoming years now. Yeah. They have goodness. the world world's end. Yeah. Like December 30th or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just like that. Now they have like eight or nine now. So when they start their, yeah, I just hope they change the timing of, of the all in all out back to back weekends but not even that it's just like so like the early part of the year from like january to april mm-hmm. all you have is revolution in there like that's it right <laughs> yeah, no but shit. then like yeah. may you have no more nothing june you have from indoor and then the end of the year it's like every other every three weeks you have paper it's like can we move like one or two of those up a little bit oh and by the way we've got ring of honors final battle and ring of honor death for dishonor right which aw guys on basically you know what i mean okay okay cool yeah um anyway that's gonna be it for this week's show guys next week talking lions talking nfl trade deadline lots of good stuff coming your way but that's gonna be it for this week's show on behalf of the missing wheel man he's the merc so mike merkel i'm the mouth michigan rob and we will see you guys as always next time